Thank you, man. Good morning. You doing okay this morning? You miss your hour of sleep? A little bit? Lance and I got to sleep late this morning, so we kind of rocked. We were enjoying it, and then, but I woke up too late to get to breakfast in the hotel, so I had a Mountain Dew for breakfast, so I'm kind of amped this morning. I'm, I'm glad to be with you. And uh, Lynn is around here somewhere. I don't know where, but I'm glad to have her, her Lynn with us. And um, Jack and Max and Lucy, y'all stand up, would you? They'd love to see. This is Max over on the left. My left, your right. Max is um, called to mission work. He's going to University of Alabama this fall, next fall, to do some mission work down there. And Jack is the next one. And, uh, Jack has a few more years in high school. Fine young men. I watch them all the time, doing a great job. And Miss Lucy. Lucy, you got something coming up soon? You get getting baptized soon, aren't you? She recently accepted Christ. Isn't that awesome? She did. That is great. And Lance said that Meemaw drove all the way down here from Tennessee to hear me preach. Had nothing else to do, but to, had nothing to do with Lance. But um, yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity of being back. Blake, Blake, thank you so much for that privilege and opportunity. And it's a blessing for me to be here today. And um, every time I see some of you, a story rolls back in my mind, a sweet memory, a sweet event that occurred in our life or in your life that I happen to be a part of and so honored and blessed to be a part of that. You look at me and think of nightmares that occurred while I was your pastor. I, I realize that and um, I choose to remember the good things in life and you choose to remember reality and um, that's, that's okay. That's all right. So uh, Lynn and I are just privileged to continue to, to be with one another and to be in God's work that he's called us to do. And uh, our girls, thank you for asking. All of you have asked that I've had an opportunity to talk with. Um, uh, Macy, our oldest daughter, is at UAB. Um, uh, somebody asked when she's going to finish her training, and I said never. Uh, they just... <laughs> You just keep going, I guess. I don't know. But um, she's a resident at OBGYN at UAB and um, then wants to do a fellowship after that. And then just, uh, who know, I, I, I'm like, get a job, you know. But anyway, <laughs> um, she just loves to learn and just, um, just loves babies and mamas and all that stuff. And what, does, what good does an OBGYN do in your family? You know, I'm thinking like geriatrics or something like that. But um, Anyway, that's what God wants her to do. Macy uh, Daly is in um, uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Her husband's doing some training up there in infectious disease as a pharmacist. And uh, Daly is a therapist uh, right now working with addictions and, and um, enjoys her job and uh, doing well. Both Macy and Daly have children. Um, uh, Macy has a wire-haired pointer, and uh, Daly has a black uh, chocolate lab. Um, so uh, that's, that's our grandchildren right now. Grace is at home with us still. Uh, she still has her condition that we don't know what it is. And um, we were at Mayo a while back in Mayo Clinic. We said, well, who else do you have like Grace? And all your bank and all that kind of thing, who do you have like Grace? And they said, we have no one like Grace. And we thought, well, crud, that's not what you want to hear. But um, got her condition maintained, and um, she's functioning and working and uh, driving. And if you saw her, you'd, you'd, you'd do great. You know, she's just doing great. She couldn't pass a sobriety test, though. She, she couldn't walk a straight line and that kind of thing. But she's doing good, and we don't know what it is. But God's got her floating right now, so we're, we're grateful for that. And uh, then our, another a girl in our, in our life is our Sierra. Uh, she's a junior in college. Uh, that was my niece that came to live with us about six, seven years ago, and uh, she's, she's doing well. 
and still going to school and still passing school. So that's a victory. Uh, that's, that, is, that is all right. So uh, today we're going to be in the book of Acts, and, and um, it's, it's 1107, and I, I think it was Blake told me like 1225 I needed to be finished. So um, we'll, we'll kind of We'll kind of rock on through that and work through that and just, just in, in, in rapid form. But in the book of Acts, we, we turn to God's Word and just as a reminder. And, um, you know, when I, when I came to be pastor here, I was Blake's age. And um, when I walk these hallways and when we drive over the bridge into Decatur, I'm so grateful for the Dewey Lynches and the Susie Baggetts and others that, that just found a, a guy way out in the middle of nowhere and, and gave him a chance to come and be the pastor of an incredible place, an incredible, incredible place like First Baptist Decatur. And I'm, I'll never understand that um, from the cotton fields to the place like this. And um, I'll just never forget uh, the blessings that you were in our life and um, your kindness and your forgiveness. And um, it was just a, an incredible, incredible journey. And um, now you're, you're loving your pastor like you loved us. And his life is going to be blessed and richer. And um, dang, I got to pull it together. Um, but thank you for loving your pastor. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for loving your pastor like you love me. And I know you've forgiven him. I know he hadn't done everything right um, because he's a pastor and you're you're Baptist people. And I'm not, I, I know how that works, but um. Wow, 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 thank you, because you, you are establishing a foundation in their ministry that God's going to use for the kingdom of God. And uh, you don't know that, but when you get to be an old guy like me, I'm 57 now. That's why I look like I look, you know. And, and um, I'm like, like, the other day we were talking about, all right, four more years, Donald Trump's in office. And I know Cliff Bailey's really excited about that, but <laughs> Donald Trump's in office. And, uh, and the stock market's going to rock. And then, you know, how can I retire and all that kind of stuff. And um, so... Man, I mean, life has changed so much, and you're investing in your pastor and your wonderful staff. I know your staff here and gotten to know some of them like Matt, which is just unbelievable. And um, thank you so much for loving them. And you just encourage them and build them up, and it's going to be a great, awesome journey. It's 1109. Acts chapter 20, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those gospels, the story of Jesus. And then all of that begins to unfold in the book of Acts. And this guy named Paul that, as you know, if you've been in the faith very long, was a guy named Saul. And he's just rocking the Christian world and sharing the gospel of, of Christ all over the known world at that time. He's on his third missionary journey. He's traveling. He's trying to get to Jerusalem by Pentecost, about the same time of year for us today. He's trying to get to Jerusalem by Pentecost. And, but he wants to see his buddies, his sweet friends in Ephesus. But he doesn't want to stop through that province and spend too much time there. So he goes a little further south to Miletus and he calls his elders, not on his cell phone, but he sends message up to his friends in Ephesus a little further north and says, come down here. I want to spend time with you. And then it's time for him to get on a ship. And it says when he had said this, when he had said what we're about to, we're, we're, we're starting at the end and then we're going to go back. When, when he had said these things that we're going to look at today, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. And they all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. And then they accompanied him to the ship. They'll never see his face again. 
But what a foundation Paul had laid in that sweet fellowship of Ephesus. What a foundation that he had laid through his faithfulness to teach them and minister to them. What a sweet foundation that he has laid and established for his friends in Ephesus by his faithfulness and by his humility and his walk with God. And today you and I stand on the threshold in our Christian pilgrimage to be faithful, to invest in those families and those marriages that we met with last night. We have a privilege and an opportunity to step forward like we've never stepped forward because some of you that are 33 today soon will be 57. And you'll realize soon that life is not about you, it's life is about the legacy that you leave behind. Often I have an opportunity to be a part of a funeral and I never leave a funeral home without asking myself the question, what will people say about me when I'm gone? What will people say about me when they walk by my casket? When I die in Birmingham or wherever I die, maybe at Buddy Baptist Church at the beach or you know, wherever that is, I don't know. When I die and you hear Buddy Champion by I died, what are you going to say? It'll be probably something like, hmm, I didn't know that. Pass the biscuits, please. You know, I mean, just, just, but, but we, we, by how we live our life, by how we invest our priorities, by how we spend our resources, by how we invest in the ministries of God, we have an opportunity to lay a foundation of a legacy that goes far beyond us. Whether you're 13 here this morning or 33 or 57 or 83, you have this day to lay a foundation to be faithful to what God has given us to do in our life and in the ministries of this church. We have that privilege and that opportunity. You say, man, my name's Buddy. I mean, that's close to Bubba. I could never be a Paul. I could never do, but perhaps we can because Paul said that he was just a person that walked with humility. That's the first point, and it's 1113. And we've got to rock through these points. But you know, you and I can make a choice to walk with humility. We don't have to walk with arrogance. We don't have to walk with power. We don't have to walk with control. We don't have to walk with having your way or my way or that way or this way. We can walk with humility, though. It's a choice that we make. That's what Paul said. He said, I serve the Lord with, underline it on your listening guide. Do you have your listening guide out? Please take your listening guide out and take notes. And you think, Pastor, I can follow your train of thought without that listening guide. No, you can't because I don't have a train of thought. Okay, I don't. So write those things down because you'll remember things better if you'll write them down. And not only that, you'll know when we're about finished. And all of God's people said, hurry, Lord Jesus. You can walk with humility. You can realize that the very breath you just took was a gift from God. It was nothing that you deserved. It was nothing you earned. The opportunity to be a part of a great fellowship like this is nothing you've earned. It's the very grace of God, the opportunity to be a pastor of a church like Decatur, a pastor of a church like Trestle, to be able to work day in and day out with Lance, who manages and runs everything on a daily basis. That's, that's nothing we deserve. That's just a blessing of God. And we just walk humbly before the Lord. I serve the Lord with great humility and great tears, great passion. He was all invested in it. Although I was severely tested by the plots of, of the Jews, he was faithful in that. Would you read that next verse out loud with me this morning? Let's read it together. It's in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 through 6. Let's read it out loud. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he might lift you up in due time. Don't you want to be a part of something that God himself lifts up in due time and anoints and blesses? This church stands on the threshold of that. Your home stands on the threshold of that. 
your walk with God in humility before the humble, that you humble yourself, because if you don't humble yourselves, he'll humble you, and that's not fun at all. Humble yourselves before God in his mighty hand that he might lift you up. There's a lesson from the well. Listen, when you get to the top and you get ready to blow your own stack, get ready because that's when you'll get harpooned. Remember the lesson of the well. Paul says also we can seize the opportunity to be helpful. We can seize that opportunity to be helpful. That's what Paul said in his life. You know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that would not, what that, but that was helpful to you. It would be helpful to you and have taught you publicly from the very house to house. Paul's passion was to be helpful. Paul's passion was to come into his life of his friends and said, you know what? I want to help you. I want to lift you up. And I wonder if you walk across that student ministry and say, I want to be a part. I want to lift this up. I want to be faithful during this season for such a time as this. And I want to lift that up and I want to be faithful. That you want to invest in these young couples that are trying to raise the next generation of Christ. You want to invest in the next generation so that you might leave a legacy. So that you, not about you, man, I'm 57 years old. I don't give a rip of what happens in my life. But I deeply care about what happens to those lives after me. I want to be a legacy lifter and invest in those lives that are around me. So it is with you, since you were eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in the gifts that build up the church. How many of you are 57 or older? Raise your hand. Got gray hair, supposed to have gray hair, whatever that is. You know what, we have an opportunity that we can remain faithful. It irritates the stew out of me when moms and dads get their children raised and they're off to college and they're off to their careers and then all of a sudden they drop out of church. Like, what in the world are you thinking? Your adult children are still watching your walk with God, your humility before God, your time in God's words, your faithfulness to love and to forgive and walk with compassion before God. They're still watching you, even though they may not be adopting that faith by themselves. They're watching you. They're watching your faithfulness. And what a privilege that one day you'll grab your friends, you'll grab your family and have an opportunity to tell them goodbye with tears. And they can look into your life and say, they were faithful. They were faithful to the finish. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me, Paul says in Acts 20, 24. If, if, if only I may finish the race that I might complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace, the task of accomplishing this in my portfolio, the task of accomplishing this in my retirement, the task of, of, of accomplishing and conquering this in my community. No, 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 no. That I might accomplish the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace because for all of eternity, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how many condos you have. It doesn't matter how big your portfolio is. It doesn't matter how, big, how many IRAs you have and the side of them, what they gained last year and the stuff. It doesn't matter about any of that. What matters is that you might testify to the gospel of God's grace in your life. Amen? There's nothing more than you can invest in that. There's nothing more you can be faithful in that than, than just being faithful to your last day. Blessed is the man, James says. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. Because when he stood the test, he received the crown of life that God had promised to him and to love him. And God said, buddy, you've got to be the sharpest pastor out there. You've got to be the best dressed businessman or businesswoman out there. You've got to be ahead of the curve and you've got to be the leader that other leaders follow. No, 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 none of that is true. 
God's word says, buddy, would you just stay in the race? Would you just finish strong in your life? Wow, what a challenge for us as moms and dads, as pastors, as leaders in your community, that you would finish strong. For people like me, I love that little saying that says, diamonds are chunks of coal that just stuck to their job. There's no way I can be a diamond, but I can be a chunk of coal. I can be an old chunk of dirt that in faithfulness and perseverance that God one day may say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in and get some rest now. I can do that. I can be faithful. I can operate with integrity. I can let my yes be yes and my no be no. I can operate that where I say my priorities are, that's where I invest my resources. I can say, you know what, where my faith is, that's where my priorities are. I can allow that to match up that the attitudes of my heart, that what flows out of my mouth is just the overflow of my heart. I can, I can do that. I can walk humbly before our God Paul said in verse 27, the next verses as we walk through that passage, it leads us up to verse 38. He says, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Paul said, I gave it to you all. The parts you liked, the parts you didn't like. The reality of it, it's, it was, it was all, all true. For the time's going to come when men will not put up with sound doctrine like in 2020, the time's going to come when people don't want to hear what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. That God made Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. People don't want to hear that anymore because it's hard, it's difficult. The time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers who say what their itching ear wants to hear. That's not integrity, my friends. It's not integrity for you to come in God's house and have sorry attitudes. And we're grateful for an opportunity to worship together and worship Him and worship with one another. It's, it's just an opportunity for us to say, you know what, this is what I believe and this is how I live my life. This is who's in my heart and here's the attitude in my heart. And these two match and I'm going to walk and do my best to walk with integrity. Proverbs 10, 9 says, a man who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who takes a crooked path will be found out. O.S. Hawkins says the true integrity finds its roots in a leader's private world where only the leader and God know his thoughts and his deeds, the things done that no one else knows about. What a privilege and an opportunity to be a part of God's work in ways that no one even knows about. Integrity, because what you say you believe and how you live your life, they match. They're together. It's 11.22. Paul in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, says, Now I commit to you, God, and the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all of those who are sanctified. Wow, what an inheritance.
you left for this pastor. What an inheritance you invested in my life. What an inheritance you're going to invest in your pastor today. As one day he'll go to glory, one day he'll go to another assignment. One day he'll retire right here. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. What a privilege. What a privilege to leave an inheritance to the next generation. To leave a legacy. To be a part of something bigger than yourself. When all of us join together and be the church that God wants us to be in this city. What a privilege to be an inheritance in your small group. What an a privilege to be an inheritance in those that are around you in your life. Because you have in invested in that you committed to God, them to God and to the word of his, not of his law, but a word of his grace. And in that you built those up that are around you. We can make that choice. That we can be committed to his purpose. We can be committed to his purpose. Now I commit to you, God, and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Would you read that last verse out loud? It's in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 21. Let's read that together. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for the sweet fellowship of your grace and of your love. Thank you for the sweet kindness in this room, forgiveness of through the years, faithfulness beyond belief, and on the threshold of new heights for you. Thank you for the couples that were here last night that just think, wow, this is a hard job. We need God's grace. Father, thank you for the privilege that we can be a part of something bigger than ourselves and we, every one of us, whether we're chunks of coal, we can still be faithful. We can still persevere. We can still be faithful to the finish line in our life and have the priorities that please you. Father, Holy Spirit, as we as we sing today, as we reflect on your word, as your spirit speaks to us, may you reveal in us any wicked ways, any wicked attitude, any wicked thoughts. And Father, would you lead us to the way everlasting this morning? Father, may your heartbeat be our heartbeat. And may we respond and be obedient in the days ahead to what you've called us to do. Thank you that you could speak your work into an existence. But you've chosen to work through us. May we be found faithful. We pray this in Christ's name and all of God's people said, amen.